In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. C.S. Lewis has a poem about Lazarus that I've always liked. It's really short, so I'm going to read it to you. Your battered ship at anchor lay seemingly safe in the dark bay. No ripple stirs obediently put out a second time to sea well knowing that your death in vain died once, must all be died again. Put out a second time to see, well knowing that your death in vain died once, must all be died again. So on the surface, the story of Lazarus is a very simple story, uh, an insane story about the bringing back to life of a dead man, but from the perspective of Christian doctrine, a relatively straightforward story, a story reminding us of a straightforward gospel truth that God is more powerful than death. And then the story of Lazarus ends, and we get to celebrate that God is more powerful than death, and then we never think about the rest of Lazarus's life. You know, Lazarus is the only person that we know of, poor guy, that had to die twice. It's a strange story, actually, I think, the more that you think about it. It is a strange thing that Jesus decided to bring his friend back to life. It's strange for a couple reasons. I think the first reason it's strange is that Lazarus's suffering was over. He had died. He had suffered. We knew he was sick for a while. Um, We also know that being a human in the world generally involves a good deal of suffering. Um, And in bringing Lazarus back to life, one of the only things that Jesus is guaranteeing Lazarus is more suffering. To be a human in the world is to suffer. And you have to wonder if Lazarus wasn't a little bit upset to come back from the dead still on this side of the grave, as it were. And the other thing is what I already said. Jesus, in bringing Lazarus back from the dead, is only making sure that he will have to experience death again. So why did he bring Lazarus back from the dead? In bringing Lazarus back from the dead, Jesus fails to, suffer, fails to solve Lazarus' suffering problem, and he fails to solve Lazarus' death problem. Which might lead you to wonder, well, what other problems exist? Those are kind of the main ones, right? Those are kind of the two big problems of human existence. Those are kind of the fundamental problems of our existence. What could be worse than suffering and death? Coping with mortality is basically what it means to be human. Think about how much energy is spent in our society, both both for us individually and for us as a collective people, trying to put off suffering and death. 
Think about the very best contributions that someone can make to a society in terms of what we all think. The best contributions that one can make to a society is generally thought to be some kind of medical breakthrough. Some way that you can alleviate people's suffering or allow them to live longer. Think of the kinds of technology that we're so enamored with. They are kinds of technology that alleviate our suffering or inconvenience in the short term, or they promise the opportunity for us to live longer or on Mars or in the metaverse um, in the long term. Our most valuable minds, we say, are those who are researching how to eliminate poverty and malnutrition, how to avoid weather, adverse weather and famine, how to manage limited natural resources. Some of our most important citizens, we say, are those people who are committed to leveraging that knowledge into policies at local and national levels. It does seem clear that suffering and death are the problems that we most want to solve. And for Christians, this, we often say, is exactly what the Christian God is for. That is, God is God precisely because we believe that our God solves the suffering problem and solves the death problem. There's a reason that John 3.16 is the most popular verse in the Bible. So that everyone who believes in me may not perish, but have everlasting life. And we believe as Christians that we are headed towards a future where suffering is no more, where death is a distant memory, so beautifully articulated in our readings from Isaiah and Revelation this morning. It's not that those things aren't true. We do believe that that is part of Christian conviction. But then we still have the pesky Lazarus to reckon with. Because it also remains true that in the story of Lazarus, at least, suffering and death do not appear to be Jesus' primary concern. Which might make us wonder, is there another big human problem that we're forgetting about? Is it possible that there is something worse than suffering? Something worse even than no longer being alive? Well, perhaps we should look, we should ask the question differently. If raised from the grave, Lazarus still has to suffer and still has to die, what does Lazarus get? What does he receive in return? And the answer is that Lazarus gets to be with Jesus again. Lazarus gets relationship. Lazarus gets to be with Mary and Martha Again, he gets to be restored to the company of his Lord and those who love him, which might make us wonder, is it possible that in God's eyes, the good that comes from living in restored relationship with God and neighbor outweighs the bad that might still come from suffering and death? Is it possible, in other words, that the fundamental problem of human existence is not actually suffering or death, but that the fundamental problem is being alone? Is isolation? Is it possible that being separated from God 
and being separated from one another is actually worse than suffering and death. Let me try to put this in yet another way. What is heaven? What do you imagine heaven to be? When we describe heaven, we often pull from these passages from Isaiah and Revelation to say that heaven is a place where suffering is no more and death is a distant memory. And those are true things. But we ought to be very careful not to stop there. What if I told you that heaven was a series of magical, perfectly temperate islands where you could live forever and you'd never get sick or experience pain, but the only rule is that only one person is allowed on each island? Would you be interested in going to that heaven? You see, the state of just continued existence, even continued existence without suffering, is not good enough. It's not a good enough, a thick enough description of heaven. Living alone forever is not a description of heaven. It's actually one of the classic descriptions of hell. In other words, what makes the absence of suffering and death in heaven valuable is precisely the relationships that it allows to be possible. What makes death hurt so precisely is the breakdown of relationship, that we don't get to be with them anymore, that they don't get to be with others. What if the reason God exists is not just to overcome suffering and death, but that God sees overcoming suffering and death as only a means to an end? What if they are just things that must be overcome so that God can enjoy perfect relationship with us? What if isolation, what if being alone is really the deepest problem that we face? What if relationship is the thing that matters most in the world? Jesus is the resurrection, as it says at the end of the Lazarus text. That's true. God in Christ has removed death's sting, but we can't stop at Jesus just being the resurrection. Jesus is also the life. Jesus wants to have a life with you. Let me end by telling you a story. A story about an artist. Towards the end of his life, from inside an asylum in the south of France, Vincent van Gogh painted The Raising of Lazarus. It's a painting that not many people know. It's a a painting not many people know because it's a copy, actually. It's a copy of Rembrandt's Raising of Lazarus, a print of which Van Gogh had hanging on his cell wall in the asylum. He made a handful of these kinds of paintings at this time um, because he had just gone through epileptic and violent episodes and was not allowed to leave his cell, so he was not allowed to go out 
and paint landscapes or paint portraits, which was his strong preference in doing so. Um, and so he could only paint what was inside of his own room. And so as a good artist, his room was covered with prints of paintings and etchings from others of his, famous, of his favorite artists, but all of his prints were all black and white. Which means that when Van Gogh painted these copies, he had to improvise all of the color. And color being the kind of central instrument of Van Gogh's genius in the first place, you end up with some really surprising and lovely pieces of art. But there is one particularly interesting and, for this conversation, relevant improvisation of color in his painting of the raising of Lazarus. It's Lazarus's hair color, which is a distinct and fiery ginger. A strange choice, you might think, if you were trying to depict someone from the ancient Middle East. But then, of course, you realize that the other person in the story, the painter himself, also had a very distinct and fiery ginger hair color. You see, what he has done is he has obviously painted himself in the person of Lazarus. Longing for himself to be raised back from the dead, to be embraced by his Lord in relationship. My theological point is that you and I are in the shoes of Vincent van Gogh this morning, which is to say that the reality of the Christian life is that we are walking around in the resurrected body of Lazarus. On the one hand, in some sense, we Christians have been raised from the dead already. We have been given new life in Christ. The Spirit dwells in us. We have died to the old self. We are a new creation. This is what's symbolized in our baptism. And yet, on the other hand, we still suffer. And we still have to die a second time. It's true that God is more powerful than suffering and death, and it's true that in the end God will sort those things out, but in the meantime the problems of suffering and death remain for us as they remained for Lazarus, and there is still a lot of suffering and death that you and I must still endure. But what Jesus is doing in this strange story of Lazarus is he's relieving the heaviness of those burdens by putting them in perspective, by showing us that actually the deeper problem, the worst problem is our isolation, our being cut off from relationship with God and one another. And here's the most important part, that's the problem that I've already solved, Jesus is saying. Is it possible that we've allowed ourselves to be so distracted by the problems of suffering and death that we've ignored and not enjoyed that God has already solved our deeper and more fundamental problem? You see, in this light, humanity's desperate pursuit to solve the problems of suffering and death is marked by a deep irony. We use medicine and technology to live longer, healthier lives than in any time in human history. But as far as I can tell, we have never been lonelier than we are right now. 
We use a lot of that same technology to isolate ourselves from one another. We can talk to somebody across the globe in an instant, but we tend not to know the names of the peoples that live on our own streets. We can live to 95, but most of us die in hospitals instead of homes surrounded by our family and friends. And I think when we shift our understanding, when we can can see and consider that isolation not mortality, is actually our biggest problem. I hope we might be inspired to turn our attention not on what we don't have, but what is right in front of us all the time, an invitation to relationship with God and one another, that the answer to our soul's deepest problem might be closer than we think. God wants to be in relationship with you. And God does not promise that in that relationship all your suffering will be taken away immediately. He doesn't promise that you won't have to die. But God does promise that he will be with you no matter what. That you will never be alone. That you never have to be alone again. And when you have this most important thing, when you have relationship with God, suffering and death are quite literally not the end of the world. the rest of the world, the rest of history, the rest of your life is eternal, everlasting, beautiful, relational joy. Amen.